This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you give your those beautiful hands, put them together for Jesus? Put them together for Jesus. He's the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He's Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the ending. Can you celebrate God in the house this morning? Hallelujah. Can you lift those beautiful hands toward heaven this evening? And just say, thank you, Jesus. Lord, I bless you. Because you are the final authority. There is no one or nothing greater than you. You are Yahweh. You are Alpha and Omega. Oh Lord, I celebrate you this evening. I thank you. Blessed be your name, oh God. Lord, I worship your majesty. Wow. Blessed be your name. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for your healing power that is present in this place this evening. Thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Praise God. Can you celebrate Jesus one more time? Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Is someone excited to be in service this evening? Are you sure? Okay. Can you wave to five people and tell them how beautiful it is to see them? One day we'll be shaking people and hugging people again. All right. But this time, can you just wave? Tell them how good it is to see them. And you may comfortably take your seats. Thank you very much, choir. Thank you. Praise God. Can I put hands together for the choir? Um... They've been moving from one level of glory to another. All right? Praise God. All right, this evening, the 10th of March, 2021, um, I have the privilege to bring us God's word. Um, I want to sincerely thank our pastors, Pastor Shola and Pastor Abigail Oshimakinde, for this opportunity to minister God's word to you. Um, I trust that you'll be tremendously blessed, right? Um, Pastor, of course, sends his greetings. Um, he's away very briefly. Hallelujah. John chapter 16, verse 33. John 16, 33. I don't know what to title this message. Lots of things jamming in my heart and mind. I trust God to communicate them to you. John 16, 33. Just before we read this portion of the Bible, I want to ask us a question. What has God said to us as a family that this year would, would be called? Is our year of what? Are some people not sure? It's our year of what? Peace. 
peace. Very powerful word. Very powerful word from heaven. Now, John 16.33, if the Bible you have is the kind that um, writes the words of Jesus in red, you discover that the words we're about to read were written in red. Meaning that these were the very words of Jesus. Not paraphrased, not said by anybody on his behalf. These were his precise words. The Bible says, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have what? Peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Praise God. Is somebody excited about that word? All right. I want to read the same verse of the Bible to you in the Amplified Version. Now, you know the Amplified Version is just, just says what the King James says louder. Is that okay? He says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world, you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. But be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident, certain, undaunted. For I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you. And I have conquered it for you. Whoa. Such reassuring words. You know, when you're talking about uncertainty, you know, that's one of the buzzwords around now. Uncertainty, uncertainty. Jesus said, you see, when you look at the world, the experience in the world will be that of distress. So he said it many years ago, over 2,000 years ago. So what is happening in the world today is not a surprise. He says, frustration. Oh, you know how many frustrated people you have out there? Frustration, he says, trials, tribulations, distress. He says, but for his people, he says, be of good cheer, meaning rejoice. Do not live your life the way the people in the world are living their lives. Because he made it very clear from the beginning. He said, you can be positioned in one of two places. You can be in him. Or you can be in the world. Do you understand what I'm saying? He says, if you are in the world, well, trials, tribulations, distress, frustration is going to be the order of the day. He says, but if you are in me, the simple description for what you have the ability to experience is called peace. He says, so be confident. Move around with your head held high, be certain, be undaunted. Why? Why can we be confident, undaunted, certain, when we can see a lot of uncertainty around? He says, it's because I have overcome the world. <laughs> he says, I have overcome the world. He did not say, I will. 
overcome the world. He says, I have overcome the world. So it's a past tense. What he's talking about here is so Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And from today, I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late. You are born again. You are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. Something he's already done. He says, I have overcome the world. He says, I have deprived it of power to harm you. So no matter how close <laughs> the frustration, the distress, the trials and all of those things come to you, he says, do not be afraid. Be confident. He says, because I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. Now, you see, whenever I read this portion of the Bible, I am reminded of a particular prophecy that Isaiah gave describing the experience of people who trust in God. Isaiah 26. Isaiah 26 verse 3. He says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you. He says, because he trusted in thee. That will keep him in perfect peace. Now, as much as I always avoid going into the Greek word, the Hebrew word, and all of those things, but one thing we cannot deny is that the Bible was originally written in Hebrew, Greek, and a few portions in Latin. We can't deny it. Aramic, actually. So, the Old Testament, about 99.9% .9 of the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. Originally, the prophets and the people who documented the things God inspired them to write down did this in the Hebrew language. With some very few portions, especially in the book of Ezra, the book of Daniel, because that's what they spoke then. Those very few portions written in Aramic, very few portions, but a large chunk of it in Hebrew. The whole of the New Testament written in Greek. Now, and these things are not very difficult. Buy a Bible concordance. In fact, there are some applications, Bible apps now that you have, and you can read all of these things. So it is no longer a, a mystery, right? So you can get them, read them, and understand them. Now, if you read in the Hebrew manuscript, this particular verse, Isaiah 26, verse 3. It sounds very funny because he says, if I I'm just going to say it in English, but just sub, um, 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 use the Hebrew word that was used for perfect and the word peace, right? He says, that will keep him in shalom, shalom. Meaning, the word perfect there is the same Hebrew word as the word peace. So it does not sound normal. It's like saying you are a man-man. doesn't make any sense. You are either a man or you are not a man. <laughs> so it says that will keep him in peace, peace, if you were to read it in another way. Why did Prophet Isaiah say it that way? Emphasis. And do you remember what we just read in the book of John? He says that will keep him in what? He says, sorry, he says, 
says, I have overcome the world. He says that in me you shall have what? Amplified perfect peace. The Amplified says. Meaning it is not the kind of peace that can be given by the world. That's what it means. It is the only um, peace that can be given by God. No human being can give you this peace he's describing here. And pastor has taught us that the word peace is the word nothing missing, right? Nothing. It means completeness. It means wholeness. It actually means nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing missing. Meaning you look at the life of a man who is experiencing this kind of peace, what you find is that every aspect of this person's life is a reflection of God's goodness. You look at the person's family, it's a reflection of God's goodness. The person's health, the person's career, the person's finances, every aspect of this person's life is a reflection of the goodness of God. That is peace. I know that when you think about the things said in the world, what they will tell you is that it is not possible for everything to be well now. You must have some areas in your life that are not looking very good. It is only normal. <laughs> but brothers and sisters, we just read what Jesus said. I didn't say it. He says, in me, you shall have peace. And what he's talking about there is wholeness and completeness. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Is it possible to experience this type of life? Absolutely yes. If Jesus said it, then it is possible. If Jesus said it, then it is possible. Now you see, you might be looking at your life right now, whether you're watching me online or you're, you're here physically, and you're thinking about that part of your life that you really need the hand of God to touch. I mean, regardless of what it is. Well, I have good news for you this evening. When Jesus said those words, he had you in mind. He had me in mind. Meaning, it is something we can experience in him. If he never said it, then we would not have faith for it. But he said it, so we can have faith for it. Praise God. We can have faith for it because he said it. Now, regardless of all of what is happening around, regardless of what is happening in the lives of individuals, the peace of God is a possibility. The completeness, the wholeness of God is a possibility. And you see, Jesus began to talk to us and tell us how to experience that peace. He says, these things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. Meaning, if you pay attention to the things he has spoken unto you, you stand the chance to experience peace. Pay attention to what he said unto us. He says, these things I have spoken unto you. Now, 
You know the Bible calls Jesus, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. He calls him the Prince of Peace. Meaning, he's the source, the originator of peace. So this kind of peace he's talking about cannot be attained or experienced by any education. Psychology cannot give you this type of peace. There is no amount of money the world system will channel in your direction that will give you this type of peace. The peace that is descriptive of wholeness and completeness. But it is possible in Jesus. It is possible in Jesus. Aren't you glad you're in Jesus? You see, you can experience something that people in the world can never experience, except they come to know Jesus. Now, let's begin to look at ways that Jesus began to teach us how to operationalize this peace. Mark chapter 4. In the book of Mark chapter 4, verse 35 to 41, the Bible tells a very interesting story. All right, the Bible says, And the same day, when even was come, he said unto them, his disciples, let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent, when they had sent them away, the, that's the multitudes, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And it was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. What kind of confidence is this? I mean, the ship was moving. I mean, if you've ever been, I mean, maybe you've not been in a ship, but some of us might have been, you might have been in an airplane that is experiencing what they call turbulence. The plane is going there. I mean, I've been in some, I mean, it's <laughs> very scary. Going to, fro, and up, and down, and all of that. And this guy was sleeping on a pillow. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and they awaked him and said unto him, Master, care us. Now, I want you to go away. I like what these guys said. They understood that there was a confidence that Jesus had. So, watch the language. Master, care us not doubt that we perish. They knew he was not going to perish. He says, care us not doubt that we perish. <laughs> Verse 39. And he arose and rebuked the wind. I mean, imagine Jesus. I mean, just try to picture. These are some of the home video movies we'll be watching when we get to heaven. He just woke up from sleep. He yawned and said, you know, rebuke the wind. <laughs> and look at what he said. He said unto the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was great calm. And now, the next verse. And he said unto them, explaining to them why they are bothered, and they felt they were going to perish because of the tribulation they were saying. He says, why are you so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? Helping them to understand that they, what was happening here was a faith problem. It wasn't what was happening around that was the issue. It was their faith that was the problem. 
He says, how come you have no faith? Why, why, why are you guys so fearful? Jesus is letting in, us in on something very important here. That when we depend on his word, absolutely, and we are doers of his word, we've allowed his word to become our thinking, our confession, then we would not live the way other people in the world are living. We would not be bothered about what they are bothered about. We would live a life of certainty, a life of confidence, because we understand that we can never be stranded. Because we understand that Jesus is the answer and we are in the answer. So there is no question that life can throw at us that is beyond us. So Jesus said, how come you have no faith? You see, what is faith? You know, some people think that faith is that thing that God created to get away easily when things are not working. So that when things are not working, I say, you've not, you don't have faith, that's why it's not working. So it is you, it is not me, so the stress is on you. But no. The Bible tells us very explicitly and very, very plainly in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. He says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence. I, I like that word evidence. The evidence of things not seen. Imagine going into a court of law. And they say there is a case against you. What would your lawyer bring to exonerate you from that case against you? It's called what? Evidence. They can say, oh, no, 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 that, you know, what happened? You are actually guilty. If you can provide and produce evidence, no matter how much the case looks to be against you, they will let you go. Why? Because you've brought evidence. He says faith is the evidence of things not seen. The evidence of things not seen. Faith, faith is not mysterious. It is extremely practical. And that was exactly what Jesus was saying. When he says, these things I have spoken unto you. That in me you might have peace. You see, faith, put very simply, and in another way, is acting on the word of God. Now, in the book of Matthew, chapter 7, Matthew chapter 7, Jesus begins to tell a very interesting story. From verse 24 to 27, Jesus begins to tell the story of two people who built their houses, you know, and he says, one person built his house on a rock, and the other person did not build his house on the rock. Now you see, the same circumstance came at both of them. The, he says, Jesus speaking now, says, and the wind and all of that came, and the person who built his house on the rock, regardless of how vehement the wind was, the house stood. The person who did not build his house on the rock, what happened to the house? It fell down flat. The big question then is, what are you building your life on? Are you building your life on what people have said? 
Are you building your life on culture? Are you building your life on the philosophies of men? Are you building your life on the experiences of life? Are you building your life on what your parents told you? Or are you building your life on the word of God? You see, when your life is built on the word of God, regardless of the pressure, regardless of the circumstances on the outside, you will stand strong and tall. You will be living life confidently because you have something that the other people might not have. That's faith in God's word. You know that God's word is that rock that when you build your life on it, your life is secured. You see, when you build your life on the word of God, you can never be stranded. There is no situation that you cannot handle. And I'm telling you this, there is absolutely no situation you cannot handle. Jesus proved it all his life. Look at Jesus. I mean, right from John chapter 2, tells us this very interesting story. Um, Jesus came, went for a wedding and his mother went with him. Some of his disciples went with him. And the Bible tells us that the wine finished. And then the people were complaining, there is no more wine. And Jesus' mother looked at them and said, whatsoever he says unto you, do it. And these people went to Jesus and Jesus said, you know what? He says, go fill the water pot with water. And they filled the water pot with water. He said, take out of the water. They took out of the water and said, go and give it to the governor of the feast. Jesus understood. Of course, the water became wine. Jesus understood that because he's the prince of peace, there is no lack. There is no lack. He lived with a different mentality, a different mindset, a mindset of someone who cannot be stranded. John chapter 6. They came to Jesus. And the Bible says multitudes gathered around him. And he looked at Philip, one of his disciples, and said, Where shall we get food for these people to eat? And Philip looked at him and said, Ah, master, 200 penny worth of bread would not do to feed all these people. The Bible says in verse 6, John 6, 6, he says this Jesus asked him to prove him. He says for he himself knew what he would do. Jesus was not stranded. He wasn't asking Philip because he was stranded. <laughs> he knew what to do. He knew the kind of kingdom that he came from. He understood what peace was. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Ah. Every single story in the life of Jesus depicted this peace that we're talking about. And he says that you should be of good cheer. Because he's conquered the world for you so that you can experience that peace. The same peace, not another kind, not a pseudo peace. The same peace. And he's told us how. By building our lives on his word. Faith. You know, I remember many years ago, many years ago, and this was secondary school, yeah? Um, I remember, <laughs> I remember this particular GS1 boy. So I was in, I think, yeah, I was in SS2 then, SS2, yeah. And met this, there was this GS1 boy that they rushed to us. So when I was in secondary school, I, well, by the grace of God, happened to be the prayer secretary. So, 
um, whenever people had issues, especially of course, people who had some faith in God, they would come to me, a prayer secretary, pray for us, you know. Um, so this guy got started displaying lunacy, what people would call madness, in his hostel, GS1. And so they rushed him to my room. So I was a prefect, so I had my own room. So they rushed him to my room, <laughs> knocked on the door. I happened to be to have come back to the room from prep. So as I walked in and they rushed this boy in, they said, ah, prayer secretary, please come and deliver the boy. Pray. <laughs> come and pray. <laughs> Up until that time, I had never casted out any devil in my life. <laughs> I had only read about it. As a matter of fact, I think I just finished reading Prepare for War. If you know Rebecca Brown, some of you might not know Rebecca Brown. Prepared for War. <laughs> so I had finished reading it. And after reading that particular book, everything that moves around you is a demon. If cockroaches move out, that is a demon. <laughs> I'm telling you. So. I was looking at the boy to be very sincere. I felt very helpless. So I said, let's call the other executives. So I called the other executives and we began to pray. We surrounded the guy, tried to pray, yeah, 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 yeah and all of that. And we prayed from around 9 o'clock, that was after prep, till about 12. And now, this demon did not go. Stubborn demon. Now, rather than leaving, the demon began to speak to us. I started to say, Oh, man, you know, I started to say, Ah, I'm not going anywhere. Ah, <laughs> was good, good home video when you think about it now. <laughs> now, so we're casting and praying and praying till 12. You know, around 12, I began to get very angry. Two reasons. Number one was depriving me of sleep. Number two, I said, how will we be casting out a demon for about many hours, about three hours? <laughs> and this demon is not going. So we were able to package the guy and take him to his hostel. <laughs> the demon did not go. <laughs> and we took him to his hostel and he was manifesting. Yeah. Demons are wicked, I tell you. Very young guy. The energy and strength, he maintained the energy. While we were getting tired, the guy was strong. <laughs> the demon at work. So, the next morning, we called um, our, um, I've forgotten what we call her now, the lady, matron, yes, our matron. So the matron came, said, ah, let's take the boy home, and all of that, and all of that. And just before they took him home, one of my friends, I can't forget him, Shadrach, was one of our executives too, walked up to the boy and said, do you want to give your life to Christ? Ah, the slap Shadrach received, <laughs> the demonic slap, oh Lord, 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 was very serious, although the good part of it was that after the slap, I don't know what happened, maybe there was a reset, the demon calmed down. <laughs> <laughs> and the boy said yes and we prayed with him and supposedly gave his life to Christ and he left after that I was so angry so I went into the word of God I said ah how can't we cast out a demon 
And I began to read all the portions of the Bible where Jesus casted out demons very sweatlessly. I said, ah, we didn't even need to pray for three hours. We only needed to speak. And I began to read about our authority in Christ Jesus. And I began to read and read and read and read. And as I read and meditated on the word, there was a confidence ah, that came. And I said, okay, I, I pity the next demon that will come. I'm telling you. And lo and behold, one week after, they brought another boy. This one, rushing him. This one, they held him, two guys, leg, hand, and brought him to my room. And they said, ah, another demon possessed. I said, ah, I won't lose sleep over this one. And I said, leave him in the middle of the room. They left him there. And the boy was screaming, shouting, and doing all of that. And I laid on my bed. And I just began to think and meditate about the words of Jesus. And I looked at the boy. I said, listen, in the name of Jesus, out. And the boy just calmed down. The demon left immediately. 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 And the boy said, what, what happened? What happened? And all of that. We led him to Christ. Lived a wonderful life. Till we left. The demon didn't come back. I mean, from that day, I said, oh, I've gotten the secret. Understanding. I understood that hey, I cannot be stranded. <laughs> and I began to study and I began to cast out demons. Before we left school then, we were demon casters. We were just casting out demons anyhow. It was fun. And the point, honestly, because I understood from God's word that when you understand who you are in Christ Jesus, there is no demon that can withstand you. And it is just understanding. Understanding. While it is a tribulation to someone else, it's distress, trial. Oh, I have some confidence because I have akined to his words that he's spoken unto me. And this has always been my life. I was telling someone on Saturday, was it Saturday now, last week somehow, I said, do you know that I've never failed an exam before? And the person said, why? I said, because when I was growing up, one day, of course, by mistake, but it was a good mistake. I stumbled on the book of Daniel and I read it. And it occurred to me that Nebuchadnezzar walked up to, the, to Daniel and his friends and said they should interpret the dream. However, before they interpret, he says, tell me the dream and then interpret. Because he had told the other guys, the magicians and astrologers, the same thing. And they said, Oga, just tell us the dream. Then we would interpret. But you know, Nebuchadnezzar was smart. He said, no, I'm not telling you the dream. If I tell you the dream, you will tell me anything. And I'll believe that that is the interpretation thereof. He said, so if you can tell me the dream, then I'll believe that whatever interpretation you give me is the right one. And the Bible says that this man looked at Nebuchadnezzar and said, ah, sir, what you are asking for, mortal man cannot give it to you. Is only the gods. Have the Bible not said ye are gods and children of the Most High? I am sure Daniel and his friends understood that. So when they came to Daniel, Daniel said, don't worry, give us time, we would interpret it. And when Daniel came, Daniel told the king his dream and gave the king the interpretation. And it hit me that if I walk into an examination hall and the lecturer gives me a plain sheet of paper and says, I was about to write four questions. I've forgotten the four questions. But can you remind me the four questions that you provide the answer? 
says Joshua, because of the spirit of God that is in you, you can provide the question and the answer. How much more when they give you the questions and they say, just give me the answers? With that single revelation, never failed an exam before. I've walked, I'm not saying you shouldn't read, though. read, you don't have the revelation I have. Why meditate on the word? Now, I've never walked into an examination on even whether I, it doesn't matter whether I read or I do not read for it. All I need to do is to sit down for that exam. I'll pass. Is an understanding from the word of God. That is faith. Faith is not mysterious. That is faith. <laughs> that is faith. Building your life on God's word. Building your life on what God has said. And I mean, I've experienced this over and over again. You know, last year, I began to confess. Began to confess. My office, the Bible says, promotion cometh not from the west, the south, and the east. But promotion cometh from where? From God. So God is the one who gives promotion. I said, ah, how will my father have promotion <laughs> and not give me? I said, so Lord, I receive my promotion in my office. I began to confess it. And I began to maintain that mindset. And as I did the things I did in the office, when other people will feel and say, that ah things might I mean this year is getting very complex there's corona around so well I don't know about you but this same year I'm going to be promoted that was my confession that was my mentality on Saturday Friday they called us in the office we had this management retreat and after the whole retreat the last thing to happen in the retreat was that my MD called me and said, well, he wanted to celebrate me for some things and all of that. And I was laughing because he said, even though we've not even concluded the performance appraisal, <laughs> oh, the word works. We've not concluded the performance appraisal session. He says, but I want to give an executive order. Ah. People will give positive executive orders on your behalf. Executive order. This guy must be promoted. And we are promoting him today. And they call me out, you are promoted. I said, yes, thank you for the promotion. <laughs> it's manifested. Because promotion does not come from anywhere else. Promotion actually does not come from any MD. Okay, you didn't get that. Don't worry. <laughs> It comes from God. Do you know what it is when God begins to channel your thoughts in a way that would ensure that the things you do are magnified positively in the hearts of those who are going to sign off on your promotion? Do you know what it means? It is the experience of peace. Nothing missing, nothing broken. <laughs> it is the experience of things working out for your good. <laughs> ah, brothers and sisters, in Jesus, there is peace. And all we need to do is to just align with what he said to us. Align with his word. Stop being a doubter of God's word. Be a doer of the word. Do not be far away from the word of God. Do not be far away. Do not be a Sunday, Sunday. This is not, um, there is a name they used to call this Sunday, Sunday medicine. 
What diaprim? All right. Uh, do not be the, the diaprim kind of Christian. It's only on Sundays you listen to the word. Be someone who eats the word of God consistently. Read it, study it, meditate on it. Brothers and sisters, I can assure you, no matter what is that thing that looks like it's a mountain that is staring you in the face, it would bow to God's word. It would bow because God's word never fails. Never fails. Is there a situation in your family? Is there a situation with your child? Is there a situation in your business? Is there a situation in your job? Is there a situation in your finance? You see, you've been looking up to men enough. It is time to look to God. It is time to build your life on God's word where that particular situation is concerned. Because God's word actually is the evidence. Once you bring out the word, every case against you bows. That is how powerful the word of God is. That is how powerful God's word is. I want you on your seat to just lift up your hands and say out very loudly, Father, in the name of Jesus, I chose to believe your word. I chose to live on your word. I chose to live in your word. In the name of Jesus. I do not live based on the philosophies of men. I chose not to live my life based on experiences of life. I chose to live my life based on what your word says. And I know that peace is my experience. Peace. Nothing missing, nothing broken. 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 Can you jump on your feet this evening? Nothing missing, nothing broken. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Nothing missing. That's why John the Apostle could say, First John 5, 4, he says, he says, whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. What? Even our faith overcomes the world. Because God's word is the force that makes things happen. I want you to begin to pray this evening. Just begin to pray where you are. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, give me an hunger for your word that no man can satisfy, but only your word can satisfy. Can you pray? Trust me, this is one of the best prayers you can ever pray. One of the best prayers you can ever pray. Oh, Father, give me a desire for your word like never before. Give me a desire for your word. I want to build my life on the things that you've spoken. Hence, peace will be my experience. I'll be confident, undaunted, certain. I thank you. I give you praise and glory. In Jesus' great name, we have prayed. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. 
Coming into Christ is beyond joining the church, is beyond the religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And from today, I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late. You are born again. You are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you.